This is the Catholic Movie Guy Podcast. You heard the wonderful introduction. It's the Catholic Movie Guy Podcast. With me, the Catholic Movie Guy. And I'm Dr. Boo Bonner. Wait a second. That's not Dr. Boo Bonner at all. That's the Tim Man. It's me, the Tim Man. Hey, Tim Man. Hi, I could never, ever be as good as Dr. Boo Bonner. Shots fired. Uh, you know what? Uh, it's interesting. I've uh, had a two-week-in-a-row Tim Man break, and I must say, I haven't missed you that much. No, it wasn't that bad, was it? In fact, I think I got a little smarter over the last two podcasts. Yeah? Well, we're going to fix that right and good today, because we're That's back with the Tim Man. Bingo. We're going to take a classy movie and dumb it way down. And we're taking it to the streets, to where the people is. Right. To where the people be. Right. The streets. Right. Uh, before we get into today's film... I wanted to make a little bit of a condescension to the peeps. I love the peeps. I'm very thankful for every one of my several dozen listeners. Uh, and I'm really thankful for all the feedback I've been getting, especially lately. Uh, it's multiplied quite a bit. I can only attribute that to the appearance of Dr. Bonner and Dr. Bud Marr. The hell? Uh, yeah, so the popularity is skyrocketing. And unfortunately, because of that, I can't get... Uh, I can't respond to every single piece of feedback that I get, especially right away. Nor should you. So uh, if you really want to have, you know, like a discussion about the podcast, whatever, I encourage you to leave comments on the Facebook page. And if not, you know, if you just want a response from me directly, that's fine. But it might take a little longer than you would expect because uh, I do actually have a real life outside of this semi-successful podcast. No comment. Uh, Additionally, I had this idea, and really by me, I mean the Tim Man, of having someday an all-feedback episode. So if you leave feedback via email on the Facebook page, whatever... Uh, we might actually take one episode down the road and just kind of do a, uh, uh, what would you say, a cavalcade of feedback on all of the all of the films we've covered thus far. Thoughts? Yeah, it's real good. Is it real good or is it really good? It's real good. So uh, today's podcast is going to be about a wonderful, wonderful film. Let me give a clue. Backwards, it's <laughs> it's Croy Win Fosknag. That's right. Everyone got that. It's Gangs of New York. The wonderful, wonderful nudity filled. 2002 Martin Scorsese uh, epic. It's I wouldn't epic. say it's nudity filled. There, you know, I got to give the proviso up front. I think the USCCB, I know what you're thinking at home. Who cares, right? Uh, that's, what said it, that's what I'm thinking here. Said it was morally offensive, I believe. Uh, they wouldn't know morally offensive. If it's there is an of- extended bit of nudity in at least a couple places. Yeah, it's contextual, but of course you'd want to avert your eyes. Yeah, I mean, and it isn't purely gratuitous in the sense that it, it is meant to serve a purpose in the themes of the film, but nevertheless is unnecessary ultimately, so please be discerning. Again, the parents' guide for IMDb is helpful in this regard. Also, the film is incredibly uh, vulgar and violent, very violent. Who cares about that? So, Tim, why? Why are we revisiting a 2002 uh, Martin Scorsese film on today's podcast? Because I saw it on TV. Oh, you saw it on TV? Like you happened upon it on MeTV? Uh, no, it was actually on the Netflix, and I watched it real good. It wasn't on Netflix? It was on Amazon Prime? That's what I said. Or was it Netflix? I don't know. Maybe one of it was those. Netflix. I think it might have been Amazon Prime. But it magically appeared on your little black box. Is that Bingo. Correct? Sometimes I watch things, and then I think that was good or that was bad. And pray tell, what did you think of this movie? I thought it was terrific. Terrific, if you will. Uh, what's this? Uh, what's this movie all about, Tim? Well, it's about these gangs, see, and they reside in New York.
You want to give a plot summary? Yeah, something? I do. I want to give a plot summary. Sorry, I was just being obtuse. Um, okay, so here it comes is naturally. The, the reason I hesitate is because this movie. You're not going to address that. What's that? I insulted you. You're not going to address that. I didn't hear it. Uh, you said I was being obtuse. I said it comes naturally. I guess so. You know, we all are fallen man. You know, after that Garden of Eden business. Yeah. All right. So essentially, it involves. It begins with a, a battle based loosely, I think, upon real-life stories of the gangs of New York of the time. begins in 1846 with a battle between uh, two rival gangs, or many rival gangs, but two essential sides, Irish immigrants and the... Dead the, Rabbits. Principally led by the Dead Rabbits, led by the great anti-Catholic Liam Neeson. And, Objection. Uh, that's, 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 that's unnecessary. He's a total pro-abortion uh, Catholic criticizing okay, guy. He's a traitor the, to the Can to we the talk Catholic about the bit. movie? Just talk about Yeah, that. okay. Um, and Daniel Day-Lewis, who uh, leads the uh, natives, so-called, who are the natural-born uh, U.S. citizens of the His town. name being Bill the Butcher. Bill the Butcher, and he earns his name. Uh, he's also a butcher. He's literally a butcher. His name is William Cutting. He is a butcher, and he's a butcher. The appropriately named William Cutting. So the natives win that battle, and what happens is that the, the son of the leader of the defeated gang, uh, whom Bill the Butcher greatly admired... Uh, is allowed to live. He's raised in an orphanage and a reform house. Uh, you know, they try to fill him up with uh, Protestant heresies and whatnot. He busts out of there when he's old enough and chucks it all, and he goes out in search of vengeance for his father, insinuates himself into Bill uh, the Butcher's uh, gang and way of life, and then hilarity ensues as he tries to uh, exact his revenge. Meanwhile, falling in love with the very homely, not hot at all, Cameron Diaz, whose eyes are so far apart, she reminds me of E.T. So you're saying that she's somehow less of a human because her eyes are set slightly farther apart than normal? No, she's a child of God, but I've gotten some criticisms through back channel sources about my hot ratings, the HOTs. And back the channels being the brewmaster. Yes, and this you have no problems here. There's not a single attractive looking woman in the, in the entire film. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go ahead and guess that a sizable majority, well portion of our off, uh, audience might disagree with you there. I, I can't imagine why. All right. Well, nevertheless. Uh... And so anyway, so the, the thing, it, it, in, a, in a sense, it's a, it's a movie about revenge, the basic humanistic of revenge, but much larger than that. It's about forces. It's about human nature. It's about the forces that shaped the growth of America. It's about corrupt politics, the uh, Boss Tweed and the Tammany Hall um, outfit figure prominently. It's about a code of honor within a criminal enterprise and uh, what it means to have personal honor and integrity and is vengeance justified? And then in the end, does it even occur? Mm. So how, I don't know how much you want me to go into the spoiler. Yeah, no, well, this is going to be a spoiler-filled uh, podcast. This movie's way old, 15 years old, That's and why I'm on it's, the on, it's available on these uh, instant streaming services. So yeah. we'll go ahead and uh, take it bit by bit. First of all, star-studded cast, right? I mean, yeah. Daniel Day-Lewis, arguably the greatest actor of all time, or at least the greatest living actor. He's not Marlon Brando, but he is maybe the greatest living actor. He might be better than Brando. I guess Brando's alive, isn't he? Or is he real? Oh, dead? my, no. He died some time ago. I, I missed it. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Marlon. I hope you're resting in peace. Yes, I, I don't think any discussion of the greatest living actor can go without mentioning the great Buster Keaton, who's certainly still alive. <laughs> <laughs> Valentino's good too. You gotta admit, he's got Moxie. Moxie, that's what they say. He's well. Anyway, Daniel Day oh, Lewis. This is embarrassing. Daniel Day Lewis takes Robert De Niro and basically kicks him off a cliff. Hashtag 
Cliff kick. Yeah. <laughs> Funny. Okay, so uh, you got Leonardo DiCaprio, perhaps the greatest living human actor. He is just... Don't get me started on Leonardo DiCaprio. He isn't horrible in this film. Let's just leave it at that. He's a great actor. Is uh, he? Yeah, he is. You can't say that. You have the great that. John C. Riley, wonderful actor. Yeah. You have the great Liam Neeson, role. wonderful actor. Yeah, he's an anti-Catholic, but he is a good actor. Did you mention that before? I don't know. Did I'm I mention... go ahead and assume you have some basis for this. Since I you're do. Just... Yeah, okay. I do. If not, I'm going to have to issue a retraction. And it's directed by Martin Scorsese, perhaps the greatest living director. Yes, this. Uh, by the way, this beats Silence. And I haven't seen Silence, but I know yes. it for a you fact a, because I read a review. You are a fair critic. So, yes. uh, everything's there, right? Everything's there for just a perfect movie. Jim the Bro- subject matter, Jim too. Jim Broadbent as uh, Boss Tweed is fantastic. The, the subject matter is just inherently compelling yeah and it's visually stunning it it is a visual tour de force you really feel the place you feel the tension the character studies are all really well done i mean it's a very well crafted movie it is historical fiction in the best sense i mean it's it has some true things in it and it has some true characters but you're not going to be able to line up on a timeline the events in this movie or anything like that and it doesn't it doesn't claim to be accurate in that regard but it evokes the truth of a time period and perhaps it heightens the uh, act, acts that you would want to watch but nevertheless is still and it, it culminates with the New York City draft riots which were a real historical event uh, when King Lincoln tried to uh, conscript all of the people to fight his uh, illegal unconstitutional war against the southern states Mm-hmm. And, but how uh, do you really feel? Well, I mean, he couldn't get anybody to fight it because it was such an unjust cause. He had to actually go and conscript them and took Irish people off the boat and sent them down to kill other people because that's how Lincoln rolls. Warning, thoughts of the Tim Men may or may not reflect the thoughts of the Catholic Movie Gay Podcast. <laughs> but they do. So here's the thing. And the best, <laughs> thing about, the best thing about this movie is where they had that play of Uncle Tom's Cabin and you got King Lincoln being lowered from the clouds like he's God himself. And all of the natives start throwing rotten fruit at him. That was the best thing So ever. apparently Tim uh, feels that Bill the Butcher is the hero of this picture. He was at that moment because... Uh, clearly, uh, clearly Scorsese doesn't absolve anyone and makes Bill have many admirable qualities uh, as far as his fortitude, his somewhat of adhering to a code. He doesn't kill DiCaprio when he has the chance, etc. But obviously the sympathies of the movie are, and the director are on... DiCaprio on the immigrant side. Correct. I, I agree with that. Okay. And you would feel that's the right right play or not? I Do you think he was is... too even-handed, not even-handed enough? I think he was more even-handed. I mean, are the sympathies... I mean, yes, I think early on the sympathies are on DiCaprio's side, but just as Capri- DiCaprio became conflicted as he got closer to Bill the Butcher and realized that there was a lot of substance there and that he was really a person of of a certain moral worth and certainly had many qualities of bravery and duty, um, self-discipline when he needed to, uh, that you, the viewer of the movie, also come to that conclusion as well. And you can see both sides' point of view. So I want to I want to interrupt if I can. I think this is not just for this film, but it's a, it's a common Scorsese play, which is he probably does side slightly with one side or the other, but he gives all sides a fair hearing, and he doesn't try... And most great art, I would say, not all, but most, doesn't uh, just, you know, browbeat you. It lets you, the viewer, kind of decide on your own, and it provides the opening for you to do so. It's just like Silence, which you haven't seen, and I'm going to stick up for now, despite my criticisms of it. He clearly presents the missionary's viewpoint and the Japanese viewpoint, lets both sides get a hearing. Some may say too fair a hearing to the Japanese, but ultimately I think his sympathies are on the side of the missionaries, but nevertheless, it's it's just like here. I think he, he sees both sides, and he's willing to have an open mind about it, which makes it 
uh, more than your average uh, propaganda type picture or historical picture. Yeah. Uh, let me ask you this, friend. I would be remiss as the Catholic movie guy not to note that the religious overtones are, and they're not really subtext, they're just that thing above subtext, what's that called? It's called the text. What? 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 That was from Barcelona, the great Wid Stillman film. Barcelona, that's a film, right. Did the maker of that film make any other films? or? No, he only made one film. Unfortunately, tragically, he only made one film. Really? I thought he had one before that. Oh, yeah, Metropolitan. So... You know, before before Liam Neeson leads his uh, dead rabbits into battle against the natives, they pray the St. Michael prayer, which is anachronistic because the prayer had not yet been penned by uh, Pope Leo. Uh, they, you know, at the first battle, which I, I think is the best part of the movie, despite the fact the movie's great, I think that first battle is just awesome. The, the way it's scored, the action, this highly stylized thing before it was really super popular to do a battle scene that way. You have... Uh, you know, Bill the Butcher talking about the true Lord and, and Liam Neeson saying the one true, prepared, prepared to receive the true Lord, you know. And that there there is a religious underpinning to what they fight about. But are, are any of them really practicing their religion? Is this just a pretext? Is this just identity politics writ well, large? I think, I think the natives clearly practice their religion, which is Protestantism, which, um, with all due respect, <clears throat> you can do whatever you want because it's your relationship with God. So if you want to kill people... Or you want to, you know, lead a gang? Who's to stop you? I mean, it's just you and Jesus. So, going to go ahead and say that your point is made. Nevertheless, I think it's a bit of an unfair reading to Protestants out there. Yeah, I'm in a, I'm in a feisty mood this year. You know, with we family. call that mood awake. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, no, <clears throat> but you know, uh, obviously, I'm teasing a little bit. But yes, there's a, I actually, there is a criticism, as you say. I think there's a. What about the well? We know Catholicism probably a little bit better when we talk about them. uh, Clearly, this is not this doesn't square with Catholic faith. I I, we live in a different time. Of course, it's unjustified what they're doing to run criminal gangs to do X, Y, or Z or to engage in a battle. In in the best sense, in the best case scenario, this is uh, a large scale duel, and we know that's been condemned uh, by the Holy See. But yet, but yet, you could see it as a self defense mechanism. And he says, "You have ever plagued our peoples. You you plagued our peoples every turn." You know, and then later in the movie, when the Archbishop stands with the Irish, uh, with uh, Amsterdam Valen, the uh, the DiCaprio character. I can see that. I can see a case for it. <clears throat> it yeah, only I takes mean, one side to fight. You know, and I don't, I'm not going to pass on the morality of this at all either. I'm not going to suggest that these battles are, strictly speaking, moral. Uh, I do believe there are moral aspects within them, as we say, like in a, like in a gangster movie, watching, trying to see who acts more or less honorably, more or less according to conscience or tenets or whatever. But there is a soft spot in Catholic history for this kind of extra governmental battle isn't there or this kind of quasi legal hero like zorro robin hood like these people that are not strictly speaking within the law that nevertheless you thought you kind of feel are on the side of good you know what i mean well in those two examples i mean you have someone who's disobeying an unjust law here we have lawlessness but but no i mean when Bill the Butcher is in control of Tammany Hall, that is unjust law, for sure. Right, and if you have no recourse to the police to protect you, sometimes you have the duty to defend yourself. It, yeah, the police <clears throat> in this movie are shown to be 100% corrupt in the pocket of the of Bill the Butcher, fighting amongst themselves, the different municipalities, etc. Yeah, and I would imagine that you... The thing is, we're not given enough information to know if any particular scene is truly justifiable. I think you could craft an argument... For the general position of fighting, quote unquote, in this person's spot or that person's spot, but 
all of them also engage in activity which accompanies their oh. their gangs, which make yeah. their overall enterprise be less than absolutely, absolutely, absolutely deplorable behavior on all sides. Yeah. So then, Tim, if if it's if it's true, we got a bunch of scoundrels fighting scoundrels. What? Why do we? What? What's the what's the value in this movie? Other than the fact that it's really cool, there's a lot of cool lines, there's a lot of cool battle scenes. It's beautiful. It's visually stunning. Is that is that basically it? That's not it, but that's a start. Uh, I think you know art takes many forms and i think that is a worthwhile reason to see the movie but this idea of personal vengeance the idea of what it means to be a father and the idea of what it means to be a son and the funny thing is is that with bill the butcher's code of conduct if valen had truly understood the man it was very easy to get vengeance all he had to do was stand up one day and say i challenge you to a fight and that would be it he would he would accept the challenge and he'd probably be killed but uh, who is this under my knife? Yeah, it's fantastic. Uh, Daniel Day Lewis's performance is so good. It's, yeah, it's, and I think you can't take your eyes off him. The whole, it the is whole a transcendent movie. performance. Yeah, it's yeah. it's really one of my favorite performances in any movie ever. Yeah, the uh, the natives are better dressed than the Irish. I think that comes from the relative social position. It probably makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. So let's uh, let's go ahead and say it's a two hour and forty minute movie. You know. Ain't, not every floor is a winner. You know what I'm saying? It's a hundred. It's a hundred <laughs> flights <laughs> of fright. Not everyone's a winner. David S. Pumpkin. You know, and I heard actually that it was actually much longer, and Scorsese yeah. trimmed it to to please Miramax or whatever. But it was nominated for Academy Award. There's clearly a lot of value there. Let's scooch to the ending. I did not mind the length at all. No, I was never bored. I think I said this to you. Yeah. I was never bored during the film. Every scene has its own particular pleasures, excepting the problematic ones. Um, but what is the point of the movie? What are we supposed to take away from? Because the climactic battle when DiCaprio finally amasses his army to fight the natives in a truly honorable way, according to their code, ends with the Navy interceding because there's a draft riot. Right, and that too is uh, that is a historical inaccuracy. The Navy never shelled Manhattan. It seemed unbelievable. Uh, but during, let's just... during the draft riots, but the troops were brought in. In fact, troops from Gettysburg were actually brought in to quell the. Uh, New York City draft riots, and they wrote of their dismay in having to do that. Right. I just want. I just want to focus in. I didn't phrase the question the way I wanted it. I want to focus in on the the way that uh, DiCaprio and Lewis ended. Lewis gets hit by shrapnel from the Navy bomb, and then DiCaprio stabs him. I read this as, you know, because of uh, it alludes to a conversation that Lewis had earlier about butchering a pig. The the shrapnel was the kill shot, and Leo's blow was more of a mercy of quickening his death rather than actually killing him. What do you what do you take away from that? Is that your read too? Right, and and if you haven't seen the movie, there's a there's a symmetry between that scene and the scene where uh, Daniel Day Lewis kills DiCaprio's father. Um, but you know this vengeance that that Amsterdam Valen was seeking. Did he even get to exact it? Of course, he technically does not. He doesn't because the shrapnel is what kills him. And then that ending wound could be partially vengeance, like I'll be the, actually the person to send you to the next world for my father. But in a sense, it was an act of mercy because he lessened his suffering just as Bill the Butcher lessened his father's suffering when he was going to die in the first battle of the movie. And just showing the futility of the entire quest for vengeance. That's why I think the movie was more about him learning to be a man by the example of two fathers. And it required that second father, Bill the Butcher, to be the uh, explanation of things that his father taught him 
when he was so young he couldn't remember. He needed an interpretation of the things that happened to him as a child to really figure out what it was all about. Priest Valen, Bill the Butcher, very much alike, separated only by their creed. Yeah, so is the message of this movie merely that these guys are both the same thing? They're, these supposed divisions, which were you know actual disagreements or whatever, are really you know ephemeral, and they should have been on the same page from the beginning. Yeah, I don't know. There's and is so that many... like a synchronist uh, view of these things? I don't think so. I, I mean, I think there's clearly also a theme of of how immigrants are mistreated. There's also a theme of demographics, how a wave of immigrants can overwhelm the staunchest defender of what a country already is. I mean, there are... Right, but in this, this movie case, is very relevant right now. But in this... Great. But in this case, we just said that basically Liam Neeson and Bill the Butcher had more in common than anything. So right. it's basically saying these differences aren't important. They're surface level. Or that the things that matter go beyond them. The things that matter are virtue, honor, manliness. Yeah, things but does like this that. movie actually point us in any real way toward those things? I don't think so. It does, but in an inchoate way. Yeah, well, I like the use of the word inchoate, but... Uh, Inco- inchoate? 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 I believe they're both acceptable pronunciations. Drat. Drat? Drat. I feel, I feel like, like you should be punching the air and drat pops out like in Batman <laughs> in the 60s. You know? Yeah, so I mean, I think that the movie does have valuable things to say, but ultimately I think part of why it's not a masterpiece, an absolute perfect movie, is that it doesn't have that final level of incredible, coherent message that also is subtle and resonant. It's a little bit of a mess. It's a little end, messy, yeah. But maybe that's the point. He might have done it on purpose. Yeah, maybe the I point know. is simply, hey, this is how America came about. It was a it was a mess, a literal bloody mess. Yeah. And uh, Like the and America still... came out of these petty disagreements. Right. And I said this to you earlier. We, we always hear about the melting pot. Well, this is a little different. It's, uh, you know, those things have to be melted by fire. You know what I'm saying? This is... This is how you get the melting pot. You have to have these conflicts. They, all these ingredients don't necessarily go together so easy. And the one thing for sure that you'd get in this movie is that he, you're not going to get this uh, storybook ending for the kid who's looking for vengeance for his father. He doesn't get to kill him in the end. It's somewhat disappointing. But I think morally speaking, it's much more satisfying. It's futile. The whole quest for vengeance was futile, and that was the that was not the point. And I thought Bill the Butcher was pretty good to his dad, considering he killed him and all, and that he honored him every year, even in these. Uh, I would clip that if I could. Yeah. Well, here, <laughs> well, here's the thing. So he he every year on the anniversary of this battle, he has this big party to celebrate. And so you think to begin with, this is going to be one of those things like the Protestants have the Orange Marches in Northern Ireland, but. It is a celebration of his victory, and he's gloating a little bit. But in, in more than anything, he pays tribute to this guy at length, talking about how he's the only he's the only man that I've the last man that I've killed that's worth remembering. Mm-hmm. And to him, that's a big deal. He he does go out of his way to honor the memory of this guy. Yeah. So I mean, just to wrap it up, I think that it's a brilliant acting performances all around, especially by Lewis. It's an incredibly engaging story. It's beautiful. Its violence is even beautiful. It's it's entertaining throughout. It has a lot of good things to say. It has a lot of bad things probably to say too. But in the end, it's kind of messy and maybe that's okay. What are you going to give it out of 10? How many the Tin Mans? Um, in honor of Martin Scorsese, who acts in the film, Barely. in a stunning role, yeah. uh, I'm going to eating. give it nine Martin Scorsese's. No, you do the Tin Mans. That's not allowed. I can't change it? No. All right, you're the boss, Applesauce. Uh, understand, Rubber Band? Okay, 
Nine, the Tin Man. The Tin Man, 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 the Tin Man. Yeah. I hate to agree with you. You know I do. And I again, I have some reservations about the extended nudity. But again, if we can somehow extract that, I give it a clear nine and only nine. Bills the Butchers out of ten. Bills the Butchers, 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 Bills the Butchers. Pinch. Pinch. But you know what, Tim? Yeah. I don't really care what you thought about the movie. Thank you. What I care is what my wife thought about the movie. Hey, honey. Hi, how are you? Oh, I'm okay. Um, you know that movie, Gangs of New York? I do know that movie. Well, sort of. What do you mean by that? What do you mean? Sally, well, we watched it in college, and I don't remember it at all. Well, it's not that important if you remember it. What I want to know is if you liked it. I remember having the feeling, I liked this. It was fun, enjoyable, whatever. But the other night when you were watching it, I thought, what is this? I just need a yes or no. <laughs> That's a tough one. I, I can't give you a yes or no. I That's a yes. That's Sarah, like, just yes. say yes or no, just please. Say yes. Just say no. No, no, no. Love you. Wonderful woman, isn't she, folks? But, you know, it was nice to hear what my wife thought. Hello. Hello. But I want to know what Bo Bonner thinks of Gangs in New York. What, like, uh, let me guess. I'm just, I've thrown out a wild guess. Was Tim Man's favorite character Cameron Diaz and something about it reminds him of Jane Austen novels or something like this? <laughs> no, you're way off. You didn't know. That the Tin Man has an idiosyncratic and unexplainable hatred of Cameron Diaz for I some reason. I don't hate her. She's a child of God with really, really creepy, far-set eyes. <laughs> what? You you didn't like her in such wonderful Oscar performances like The Mask? Yeah, no. He also hates Jim Carrey. I don't hate him. He's a child of God. You hate him. I don't like his comedy. He's, uh, he's, he's bad. Well, this is kind of, Bo, before you get started, Bo, 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 before you get started, this is kind of like Jerry Springer when he used to have the one, you know, the girlfriend on, then he brought the baby mama out. It's kind of like, I feel like I'm trapped in the middle here. Uh, Tim was firing some shots earlier. I don't, I mean, I don't want to speak out of school, but, uh, what, 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 I don't think so. I think all I did was just claim that I could never equal the great uh, wisdom and magnificence of Bo Bonner. Why don't I believe that? <laughs> I think yeah. I hear two lawyers talking, and I don't yeah. believe any of it. Well, you fancy lawyer talk. For the best. All right. Well, Bo, what, I have you on because you told me the other day, we had planned this podcast, the Tim Man and I, and you said, I, I really want to be on the Gangs in New York podcast. So what, what do you take? what's your take here? It's uh, so cool and really awesome. No, okay, again. First of all, the movie is incredibly long, but breezes by yeah, so I'm always amazed about how you get to the end and you wish uh, that it could keep going. By the and way, the thing is right. Bill the Butcher, Bill the Butcher tapping his eye with a knife is up there in top five movie moments of all time. 
The only problem with the only the only problem with the knife tapping is that he's got a federal eagle on it, which we know is a symbol of Lincoln oppression. Well, regardless, it's pretty cool. I'm going to give you. Uh, time of day, no matter what you have on that glass eye, if you tap it on a knife to make point. I just think that we've lost a lot of um, rhetorical flourishes in 2017, and one of those rhetorical flourishes is tapping one's glass eye with a weapon. I think we can all agree on this part. It's funny you say that, because I've done that twice this week. I gotta tell you, he's right on, man. I, I'm I'm getting out of this podcasting business. I can't compete with that. Yeah, you, if you heard the Tim Man's one comment there, you can imagine the rest of his commentary on the movie. <laughs> so, uh, well, I, I would love to hear your thoughts on this. Perhaps we'll do a supplementary podcast someday. But what, what would you give this movie out of out of ten? This is like a nine point five. It's one of my absolute favorite movies. I'm not as free with the tins as you are, so nine point five is very high for me. It is nine point five. Knives tapping glass eyes. <laughs> Even with the, the caveat specter of there is some nudity and it is very gruesome, it's probably one of the best scores. It might be the best Scorsese film, in my opinion. Hold on, where like his sort of over the top visuals really land with the story he's trying it, to tell. It, it, you're you're 100 right. I'm, I'm 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 we're very close on the rating. We we both gave it a nine. But what is why is this a valuable movie from a from a cultural perspective? Is it just that it's beautiful and cool, or is there is there a deeper uh, theme that we should latch on to? So the sort of portrayal of the fatherly love and hate that Leo's character has for Bill the Butcher is Shakespearean, which seldom happens in movies. Like, to believe that a character respects but hates a man that much. And then on the opposite way, to me, the whole movie is made when they're all, like, the final fight, and they're all like, should we use guns? And Leo goes like, no, only only knives. And Bill the Butcher was genuine, like, he's a dad who's proud of his son, just, like, says, like, that's my boy or something like that. I forget how he says it. To, To be able to have that sort of, movie moment and explore the sort of like multiple layers of human love and human relationship this movie is is almost unparalleled in making that believable even though it's a sort of like bigger than life absurd plot and that's why we should watch it it's a wonderful point wonderful it's real styly i'm gonna go ahead and bump my rating up 0.5 just on the strength of your phone call bo in fact your phone call is so good, I'm going to call you back and we're going to redo the podcast with you instead of Tim. Okay? Yay! Bye. <laughs> I, don't, I think you'll lose part of your audience. Yeah, they're, yeah, they're not the, worth anything the, anyway. I.e. me. I won't listen to any podcast. The Tim, the Tim Man and the Tim <laughs> Man's family. <laughs> Goodbye! So, Tim, there you have it. We've gotten commentary from all the leading lights. Myself, yourself, my wife. The other guy. Your enemy. The yeah. other guy, yeah. I want to make one more th- one more point before we go. Yeah. Great U2 song at the heart of this video. Wonderful U2 song, The Hands That Built America. Go Google it, people. It's a good song. Yeah. Nominated for the Academy Award that year, only to lose to the also great song, Lose Yourself, by M&M. Yeah, that was just horrific. What was horrific? M&M. He's just, he's horrible. Well, how so? 
Ladies and gentlemen, that was Eminem joining us in studio. Listen, you forgot the most important part. What's the that? connection between the gangs of the 19th century mm-hmm. and the gangs of the 20th century that still exist in We New do York. still have gangs. You're right. It's a salient point. Continue. Well, on the one hand, you've got like the Sally Fowler Rat Pack. Huh. Is that and like the, the Crips side, and Bloods? Right. And then on the other side, you got Von Sloniger and Lumley. You know, okay. And, wait. You know, in the great yeah. movie Metropolitan. No! Looks like Bill the Butcher won this podcast, ladies and gentlemen. Who knows what we'll watch or talk about next week? Who knows how old the movie will be, how violent, or how filled with inappropriate content? Until that time, ladies and gentlemen, I am the Catholic Movie Guy. Party on, King Lincoln. <laughs> <laughs>